If you're listening to this, you're probably a leader. If you're listening to this, you probably have a team that reports to you. Uh, I would assume there are plenty of complaints about the meetings that you run and assume that your lack of seeing and dealing with it is costing you time and money. What are, I would assume, what are the unspoken conversations that are going on right now about meetings? And, 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 and only ask if you're willing to take action on it. Don't do it to kind of look like a good boss. Do it because you actually give a shit. Is your team using meetings to avoid the work that needs to be done? Maybe a better question is, are you using meetings to avoid the work? That needs to be done. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian, Dan, and I sit down to have a meeting about, well, meetings. In today's episode, we're poking at the corporate bear by challenging the holy grail of workplace practices. You may believe that all of those really important meetings that you're having all day long is how your business thrives. But if you were wrong, would you want to know? If you're a leader that believes meetings are how work gets done, or if you are afraid that meetings are killing your culture and results, then listen up. But if you want to keep your head in the sand and continue having fruitless meeting after fruitless meeting, because it makes you feel productive or important, then do not listen to this episode. I would hate to take that false grandiose vision from you. This might be one of the most practical episodes that we've ever done, and I mean that. These are principles that we've practiced with our own team to keep ourselves almost meeting free, and we've helped many hard-driving successful teams do the same. We pull no punches as we question your company's meeting culture. So my friends, have a listen and then pass it around at the water cooler. Adrian, Dan, so good to be with you. Yes. Good to be here. Oh, good to be with you. I think I like our pre-conversations as much as I like our online conversations. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Probably even more. Yeah. Yep. But we're not going to record those. Yeah. We're not going to be no. that real. Oh, God, don't no. let them hear that. No, no, no. <laughs> I got some bad news for you guys. What is it? There's a pandemic. Where? Ew. There's a pan. Where? <laughs> not me. The- not There's me. a pandemic, and I'm not talking about the one we've been experiencing. You know, over the last couple of years, the pandemic is a pandemic of meetings. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. So Survivor, much. That's that's why I always it- wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're never in any in any of our no, meetings. Is that's because why I wear a mask. Yeah. I don't want people to see who I really am. That's what makes the meeting last even longer. It's for safety, guys. <laughs> it's for safety. It's killing all all kinds of companies. Teams, morale, uh, you know, there's a lot of casualties. Death by meetings is what we want to talk about today. And it's it's very interesting. So here's where I want to start. Think about why do, I want to have a conversation first. Why do meetings look so often look like the answer to people? Why do they, why do so many teams gauge their production by the amount of meetings that they're having and and maybe not consciously like maybe they're not measuring that but it it there is a mentality that's happening at least something that I'm noticing with my clients I can even notice it with myself is like well we got to have a meeting about this if we want to get it done we got to have a meeting and I'm curious why is that the answer for so many people what is it that they're getting out of having so many meetings and then complaining about it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we got so many meetings and they're pointless and that we don't get anything done. And 
my calendar's full of them, yet they continue to have them. So we got to ask ourselves a question. What's it working for? Why do they continue? Yeah. Oh, this is fun. I always like this stuff. Uh, I like the question. In other words, you're assuming in your question that it is the way that it is because that's set up to be that way. It's actually serving something and that it's a complaint because it's more of like a ruse. A complaint is to distract us from what we're getting from it. That's right. That's exactly right. I'm just like this. This is it's just the way it is. This is the way it has to be. Um, But uh, but I hate it. Well, I mean, you think about the product. This, the pain of this is like, it's so frustrating. You you go to a it's meeting, so you meet, I mean, one of the things I, I, when I'd been, obviously we've all bought this t-shirt and you go over the same thing over and over again and nothing gets done. It's like, or just the things that don't really matter get done, but what you really wanted the meeting to accomplish, you come back and you're still talking about the same thing you talked about last week, only from a different angle or a different perspective and, we, and they want to go back and revisit that conversation, and then we have more of the same conversation. And pretty soon, people don't want to come to the meeting, and and you you roll your eyes when you hear there's a meeting because it's you know it's just going to be the same shit, different day. I think yeah. that's what we're talking about. Is that absolutely? Yeah. What's the? Uh, I'd say it's the unexamined aluminum can, meaning that yeah, yes, there's a can I don't want to pick up. And I keep kicking it down the road. And when I get to the, where the can has landed, called a meeting, then I will look at it and say, no, let's kick it again. But let's, let's examine it this time and let's walk around it and wonder what's inside and think Talk about, about mm-hmm, and think about all the shapes and sizes of this can and what, what type of can should we have instead of the one we do have and all these types of things. And when it's time to do something with it, no, let's kick it again. Let's keep this conversation. Let's pick this conversation up next week, shall we? Kick, and then you wait for the next meeting. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about a client who they've, they've had some real if issues about working some things out, getting getting some products out. And mm-hmm. uh, they keep kicking, the, they keep having the conversation. And one of the things I noticed, one of the pains that comes out of it is, the question that God, I don't think we can do this. You know, mm-hmm. I, we've done this. We've talked about this. It keeps coming back again. I don't know if we got the right people. I don't know if I'm the right leader. I don't know if, you know, maybe we got to rethink our whole marketing plan or maybe we got to, maybe we should get some other leaders in here, you know, like, cause we've had this conversation 50 times and it just must be the way we are. Maybe we're not qualified for this. Like mm-hmm. that, that tends to, that's those conversations float around. Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I should look for another other work. I mean, somewhere where people want to get something done because these people don't want to get something done. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. I also think there's another um, I, I, there's another possibility happening as well, which I've I think I've observed, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Is that actually meetings um, can become productive in the sense that I don't have to think about that saying. I don't have to be proactive. I don't have to act on it until a meeting is there, right? Mm -hmm. So if I block this meeting out on my calendar with other people, that's when I'll actually get the work done. Like I'll actually address what needs to be addressed, but not until then. Well, 
But yeah. what happens is, well, what happens is then your entire, it, it's a self-perpetuating cycle because your entire calendar fills up with meetings. And the reason you're putting there is to get, get something done. You don't have any space in your calendar to get the things done. So that feeds this idea of like, well, if I want to get this done, I should better set up a meeting. Yeah, mm-hmm. as if setting up the meeting is doing something about it, as if right. talking about it is doing something about it. And does that mean we need to talk about it? Yes, but are we talking about it in a way that's going to get it done? Or are we talking about it in a way that makes us feel like we're getting something done and nothing gets done? Right, right on. So those are different conversations. Yeah. Most of the time, in my experience, and I, you know, I've been there as well. Those are those conversations are conflated and they're they're flattened and so i think because i'm we're talking about it we're actually doing something about it mm-hmm. they, so it's like it stays in a descriptive state it doesn't get to an action state mm-hmm. and there's a way to talk about it so that action comes out of it right that's, that's usually, right that's the thing that, but most people that's the frustration is because i go in thinking we okay now we're going to get it done you know i hate that feeling when how was the meeting it was great I remember I worked for John Hanley for a long time. Some of you know him. And, he, and we'd come out of a meeting and goes, he'd ask me, well, how'd it go? Because I had a staff. I go, it went great. And he just looked at me and go, I guess we'll see in the next week, won't we? <laughs> we'll, see how well, we'll see how well it went. And next week I'll be talking to you about how well it went. And then your ability to tell whether what you actually accomplished got done or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's part of the accounting, right? I've, I used to look back and dread those calls, but they were so valuable because during the week I would be conscious of what's being produced or not, and that could tell me how to intervene. But that that feeling, that pit in your stomach. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, when you first kicked this off, Chad, and thinking about why meetings and such, you know, there I, there is a sense, and I think it's a, it's a, it is a universal truth, is that life happens in conversation. And, and there's, I think there's that, there's a part of it, there's that sense. It's like, if, if we're talking about something, then that is the portal into action. Not always, yeah. which you're pointing out, Dan, but there is, there's a sense that, um, if I get something out of my head and not into the end of the world, even if it's just through a conversation that some, there is, there is a sense that, that, that that's what will generate action. But to your point, sometimes we keep and I love it when you talk about that, the, the distinctions in, in human are in, in uh, English um, tone, right? Mood. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Descriptive the mood. mood. Yeah. Descriptive yeah. mood versus imperative. Yeah. Yeah. With the three moods. Yep. And a lot of people will do subjunctive stuff and feel all inspired because they're talking about what could be or would be. Right. And, and, they, and it's so esoteric that it never happens. Mm-hmm. That's why it's subjunctive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What yeah. breeds so much cynicism, which we've, you know, started to paint the picture here really well, I think. Like when you're just in that subjunctive mood and you're talking about possibilities, uh, wow, that's so relieving. It's like a shot of dopamine. Like, oh, well, something, well, he- something, oh, let's go, let's go talk at 30,000 foot yet again about what we want to be doing here instead yeah. of, you know, getting really clear about what we're committed to, which is different than what we want what we're committed to having happen and then getting really sober about current reality and and being willing to generate or describe, get clear on the gap that's here between 
future reality, i.e. vision, the thing that I'm committed to go create in the world, and where we are today. There's usually, I think, so much despair in that gap of how long it really is, how far we really are from it, or what's dysfunctional here that we don't want to talk about. So we yeah, just stay yeah. at that 30,000 foot view, or just describe it yet again, or just wait until perfect, quote unquote, perfect situation is here. So then we, we're slowly generating more despair over time. Well, even the way the problem is framed in the skeptic's mind. So you think you got the you got the blindly optimistic attitude that, oh, we talked about this so great, we're going to get it done. Right. You know, oh, we'll see. And then the other side is the skeptic. The other side of that coin is the skeptic, which is no different. It's just a, it's a different conversation, same, same conversation, just a different focus. And that conversation is, oh, meetings, they suck. As mm -hmm. if the meeting is the problem, as if what we're doing is the problem. And we're not going to look at the doer. We're going to just, we're going to change what we do. It's like we're rearranging the deck furniture in the Titanic by the very way we describe the problem, which most people don't even think about. At least yeah. I haven't, you know, that's one of the things that was a big opener for me is when we started discovering that how we describe the problem is at least as important as yes. anything else we're doing. In fact, it's the first thing. How, it, so is it the meetings or is it what we're really up to individually in the meeting and collectively agreeing to and then complaining like a group? Like, like one of the big things is as if there is a team. Mm hmm Right? Like, what if there was no team and that the only way, the paradox is the way to have a team is for me to own what it is I'm committed to have this meeting be. Right? Now, that is, but then, of course, there's, everything goes at stake there because the unspoken conspiracy is then betrayed and, and now I'm going to probably get hammered for not playing along with the, the uh, despairing pretend like we're really doing something while we talk about it conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put it there, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to risk the disapproval of the culture, right? And I better join the complaint or I'm going to, I'm probably going to get, you know, why'd you do that in that meeting? It made me look bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what do you think? What are you kissing their ass? Bad. <laughs> like one yep. of those things. Yep. We had a conversation on the podcast uh, late last year uh, where we talked about the title of the podcast is your meeting suck. Are you to blame? <laughs> so if so sounds you sounds like know, a title, we that, can what, you're, <laughs> what you're alluding to, Dan is you could find a lot of, I think that's a really great conversation to, to go back and listen to in the context of this, <laughs> as we talk about the frequency of meetings and why we use them as a, I'm going to say why we use them as a crutch for in productivity. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, so go back and listen to that if you're interested in it. If you haven't heard it, I think it was a really powerful conversation. We got really good feedback on it. Was I you on that? Was I on that one? You were surely, on that surely one. Not. Yeah, you were. Surely not. Demonstrate oh, another opportunity to demonstrate my lack of awareness and age, and during <laughs> which I took, I took it. Yeah. So I, I think it's an interesting question to think of. Like, why? Do, why do most people see meetings as their first line of defense for productivity? And that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, why so many people say, well, if we could just get together, if we just have a meeting, then we can get all the information on the table and we can, and, and it can move quicker. And well, you um, just, the, the question you ask is probably the first question, right? Why am I, why do I want this meeting? 
That's right. Why am I calling Chad and Adrian to have this meeting? What have I ever, do I even stop and wonder? I just, or do I automatically go, oh, we need a meeting? Or yes, or even before that, do you ask yourself, why does information not move in your organization without a meeting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I that's, that's a great question to be asking yourself. Yeah. What oh. is it? Where is it that information gets caught up if we're not looking at each other in the face and, and talking? And what yep. information are we moving? Like yes. what information are we talking about? Like, I'll never forget, we had a pretty large contract and client that I worked with a couple of years back. And they were on they were on Slack incessantly <laughs> as a bunch of engineers. But the information being shared mostly was of the nature of gossip and uh accusation and of course and calling people out and and I, I remember asking i i very rarely would engage and i remember this person calling another person out and i text i i slacked them personally and said did you talk to this person before you called them out in front of the whole company I, like <laughs> did that really the way to go about do you think that's going to produce anything what do you think that will produce <laughs> oh man i he, we ended up sitting in front of hr I was being accused of being abusive, which was a great conversation because I got to ask, well, asking questions is abusive. And then that opened up a whole other thing. It opened up a lot and it started moving because we started laying down a very clear standard for slacking. What are our conversations about? What are we Mm -hmm. listening for? What are we aiming at? Yeah. What's the purpose of our communication? Yeah. It it harkens back to- a conversation I've had with- Oh, go ahead, Adrian. Go, 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 go. I was I was gonna make a stupid joke. I just I was just gonna say that's a conversation I've had with RHR many times is how abusive Dan is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep looking yeah, you... for the HR person. So <laughs> is that is that just you? Oh, is it's this me. microphone? Oh, oh. <laughs> you're you're it, by I, the way, I, Chad. I talked to my so... daughter Eileen and she just agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Agent. Dump joke. No, I, I uh it was hearkening back. There's this uh, lecture that Earhart does, Werner does, got the possibility for relationships, oh. which is awesome, really worth listening to. He does this whole bit about that. What would happen in your life if you decided not to gossip? And he, he says your relationships, most of your relationships would simply go away. Yep. Because, I mean, and it'd be great if you think about it, if you're running an organization, if you did set some kind of standard with it, set a standard, which is sometimes around not doing something, but I, to your point, Dan, getting the aim clear, what is the purpose of our communication? How are we going to use this channel and get clear about that and how silent the, the channel might then become? Yeah. Because right we, have, we have slowly trained ourselves as a team, as individuals, then as a cult, as a team, as a culture that, you know, there is there's no standard for aim around the purpose for, for communication. People just say their thoughts and let their thoughts fly. And uh, with, with no rigor, the human drift is towards survival, looking good and feeling good and being right and being in control. And that shows up. And if we decided to if we decided to set a bar for a filter by which we see our communication and up the ante how silent we might really be which would be frightening so let's just not do that let's just stay busy getting back to gossip life is not fair it's what you negotiate let me say that one more time life is not fair it's what you negotiate 
Now that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? What's effective and what's ineffective? What your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. You know, Kierkegaard said, people demand freedom of speech as a compensation for the freedom of thought they seldom use. Say it again. People demand freedom of speech as a compensation for the freedom of thought, which they seldom use. And and I'll I'll explain how that occurs for me is, is more like I gossip because I don't think about what I'm saying. I'm just exercising my freedom of, you know, my my freedom of speech, but I don't really think about what difference that's, what am I speaking and what difference does it make? Yes. And I and a friend say, well, yeah, that's kind of like opinions. One guy said to me, well, you know, that what he's talking about is like, you know, what about opinions? People say it all the time. It's a mess. Look at it online. I go, and my, it occurred to me that thinking begins with questioning my opinion and then looking into other points of view, which would make me curious about what they're seeing that I'm not seeing, particularly if I'm frustrated about where we are. Mm-hmm. Who else can I include here? That mm-hmm. might help me see. Now, that might be a reason for a meeting to kind of communicate my own stuckness. And, you know, can we meet Chad? Can we meet Adrian? You know, I thought about this. The two of you could really help me see something. We can do it asynchronously. Maybe we do it all together, whatever works for you. But I need to, I'm stuck here, right? Like, that'd be a whole different, you know, yeah, type oh, yeah. Of meeting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, so interesting. I think that... <laughs> That relate that quote. I love that quote. It, it relates directly to also part of what I think the problem is with over extending ourselves on meetings is that most so many of us are unwilling to stop and think about how this could not be a meeting and Great. just set up a meeting because we can we we have the freedom to you know it's 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 something that's familiar. It can even be a way to avoid some of the things that. I know I want to get to, or I know I need to get to, or I know I've committed to get to, but the a meeting is the perfect excuse not to get to it. Well, yeah. And yeah, 
and not be exposed by it, whether I accomplish it or I don't accomplish it or, you know, whatever. So it's so, yeah, it's so interesting. I have a, uh, anyway, go ahead, Adrian. I have a couple questions that I've been asking myself that I think might be helpful in this conversation, but I'd love to hear what you're thinking. I was just going to say, it came up earlier for me, the, I mean, I think meetings are are really the very uh, acceptable scapegoat, meaning that, you know, in the world, in the world where we're all really busy. And if I say- I need to meet with these five people. Well, to find a place that's easy, easy to find a place where all of our schedules happen to be free at the exact same hour, like that that's already available. Well, welcome to kick welcome to two weeks from now. Is it? I mean, of course I could say I need to meet with these five people and I text these five people and say, Hey, I I I need to meet in the next four hours. When do you have fifteen minutes? And how about two PM? Can you do two PM and no, okay, good. Well, maybe we don't get all five. Maybe I can just be with three of you at 2 p.m. Or can you make sacrifices to make this work because I really need this to happen so that da 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 That's a very different way of doing it. But most people in the world of busy and all the comfort that comes with being busy and all the hiding spots in our lives that come with being busy, you know, we need to meet about this when I've got, especially when I've got a larger group. It's just a glorious way to just give me space and time so I don't have to deal with it. But I feel yes. like I've yeah. done the responsible thing. It's like, oh, I can't right. move forward until I get their opinions. And I can't get their opinions until we're in a room together. All five of these people are essential for this. So we need to and I'm not, not, dare not move things around or talk late at night or talk first thing in the morning or on Saturday morning to carve out the 12 minutes it's going to take to get aligned around this specific thing and get the green light. Dare not do that. Yeah. Yeah. So much of it's what I hear you saying is so much of it's theatrics. Yeah. Like, well, I oh, hear you, yeah. You're speaking to a really fundamental principle, which is you can't change how other people are going to act. You can't change the situation, but you can change the way you relate to it. Right. And, and you can change the way you engage it. And if you're really there to get something done, then the issue isn't that the meetings are useless. The issue is what am I unwilling to stand for to have it happen? Yes. That which I need from this meeting. Yes. Right. Because yes, then, there's, that brings into play a whole other set of conversations about who, who are, what am I really doing there? Um, what's my purpose yeah. in being on this team? And then it really opens up those conversations. So when meetings are the, you're, when there's death by meeting, there's probably conversations under the surface that people just don't want to have. Yeah. And that to change the conversation is what we're really talking about to transform the conversation about what we're doing together. Yeah, which requires personal transformation. It'd be interesting if if, if people are, if you're complaining about meetings, I would wonder how much I use meetings to confirm my own preset notion where I've got some kind of complaint and I actually show up to the meeting and exactly in the way of being that will generate and double down on the complaint. Like I've got something happening and I, and I call a meeting and I kind of maybe in a general way bring up an issue and then I sit back and let the talkers talk and let the douchebag talk and blah, 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 all that stuff. And then I say, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. This is how it happens every time. Okay, whatever you guys want and let my resentment grow and let my, you know, passive aggressive behavior fly. But how much do I use meetings to confirm my complaints? You're hitting, you, it's like you're hitting so many. There's that, there's a lot in that. I mean, because you're really talking about 
facilitating your own listening first. Yes. Like how you're talking about it to yourself. And right. then supporting other people to take on another way of listening about what we're really up to. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. and that and, and then that that you know, people may not like that and you might get attacked, but if you can hear like don't listen to the attack, listen to what's behind it. Like like there's a whole bunch of we can she I can there's a whole hierarchy of conversations or inquiries that I start with I would start with myself and then work out with because I gotta handle me first. There's um yep. there's an interesting practice that I think is pretty common in, in organizations and on teams is that you can put a meeting on somebody's schedule. Oh yeah. And, or, and I know it's I, I understand the principle. It's never the practice that's the problem. It's the way that we relate to the practice. Right. But this practice, if you are if you're engaged, if your team is this if this is part of your culture, my encouragement to you is to take a double look, take a second look at what this is creating in your culture and the way that you guys relate to each other to not be able to vet for yourself whether or not this and there's no accountability nobody has to account for what this thing is about they yeah. can just put it on your calendar and you're bound to it yeah and this is insidious well we oh, yeah. we actually had that in that company I was telling you about with the slack issue yeah and i i was acting as a an exec over the staff and I remember saying they did that to me a couple of times, put it on my schedule. I go, no, no, nobody asked me about this meeting. I just immediately responded. And then I started saying, well, why don't we, like, why don't you make a bid for that meeting and then have to account for it? That's right. Like, that's then, that's like, exactly right. Why do you right. want this meeting? What are we covering in this meeting? Is it, can you do this by fax? Can you do this? Or fax? It's by Slack. I, I'm sure they could do it by fax. I'm, or telex. Uh, look, can you do this by on. telex or fax? I'm gonna go on. E- I'm gonna go on eBay and see if I can find it. the the facsimile machine. Is that what that is? It's like simile machine. <laughs> when I was in the shipbroking business, that's what we used. I remember I got my little Apple out, and my and my my partner said nobody uses those things. He said they're yeah. gonna someday. And we had a facsimile, we had a telex, and then we had everything else with you know there was, there was email, right? <laughs> I had computer. One one thing that I so appreciate about our team. And I don't, I don't know that we've ever even actually like explicitly had this conversation about like this is how we're going to operate with each other. But I've really taken it on in these terms, which is I'm constantly asking myself, how could this not be a meeting? Like I, because I, I go there. Like I, I need something. I need a piece of information. I want some answers, and it, you know, I want a couple people involved in the conversation. And I go, well, a meeting. And then the next thought is. How is this not a meeting? In what like what possibility? So the the question I have for anybody listening to this who's experiencing this overwhelm of of meetings on their calendar, what would you do? It's just a fun thought exercise. If you couldn't have a meeting for a month, but you but production couldn't go down, you still needed to take care of your you were still committed to taking care of your clients, still co- committed to staying connected to each other. What would you do? Oh, you just, that question was so beautiful because it immediately unveiled to me. I, well, one thing I couldn't do, I'm going to go there first. I couldn't pretend like having the meeting alleviated me from any responsibility of what I, I needed to produce. Like you, mm-hmm. the other people, I don't get to use them as a story. I don't get That's to see right. I met and they just didn't do what they said. Thank you. Well, 
Mm-hmm. You really took that one away from me. I'm kind of depressed now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah. think it's an interesting it's an interesting sure. idea. I mean, I like to put it's just the way my brain works. I like to put those uh, obstacles in the way and, and see because that's where I get creative. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's this obstacle. There's this thing that I rely on. It's a crutch. I know that it's a crutch. If I took that crutch away, what would I do? Yeah, you'd have to reinvent your creativity. Yeah. Because you couldn't, you, you, it's like, how, what am I using my creativity for? Finding a crutch so I don't have to take action. I can blame somebody else. Or am I actually creating, I'm looking for a resource to get it done. Whatever it's got to get yeah. done. And it, what a great exercise. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking one of the dynamics of that, um, and I'm thinking one of the pain points for us at times for the lack of meetings we have is sometimes it comes out, for example, uh, it like Dan and I might be talking on the phone and we talk about five or six things and get to solutions really quickly, at least our take on it, and then make a decision. It just happened recently with you, Chad. It's like, oh, hey, we, yeah, we decided to kill that thing. And, yep. you know, there's so there's there's that that can happen where. Got to follow um, up because who are the dependencies that are? If you're going to cancel something, who are the dependencies I need to contact? Right, make sure they know. Yeah, you, you brought that. You brought that to us a couple of times. Like we'll cancel yep. something. You put a lot of work into it. That's why I called you the other day and let you know immediately. Yeah, so decision. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I feel bad because who? I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste other people's time. And we've I've done that. I've done things. Then you go, hey, what's the deal? I'm out here waiting. Oh, I yep. just yep. didn't care enough about you to let you know. So, yeah. And and it's worth it to me to be able to have time to do the work that I want to yeah. do for our team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's right. so much trust that's there too, right? That I have so much trust that you two have thought about what we've put into this, where we're going. You, there, there are angles that I can't see. So yeah, I mean, is there disappointment? Sure, there's disappointment. What? But the old, the alternative is that we're just, you know, fucking sitting around talking about everything all day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's this. There is. There are actually. Um, I know. I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about this, and I heard Alex Hermosi talk about the same thing. That there are studies done that when you talk about something, if you talk about it too much, you actually have the sense that you got something done. Yes. Uh-huh. So, you know, one of the things that I have found that works in producing action afterwards is to make sure there's some cat in the room. Like there's some sense of, well, wow, okay, we talked about this, but if we don't get it done, what's at stake? Okay. Like, like what goes down if it doesn't get done? We talked about it clearly, but the last thing we talk about is if this doesn't get done, what are we facing? Uh-huh. Right? And that can really help bring the courage to see it. So, yeah, meetings can be like a good self-help book. Yeah, I, I love the popular yeah, conversation. I love the the popular conversation people have. Well, self-help doesn't work. Well, no shit. <laughs> if you think reading a book is the work, then of yeah. course it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah it's the map. Not, you don't eat the menu. <laughs> <laughs> The menu is not the meal. Yes. Yeah. And if the results aren't coming, the next kind of cliche that's true is that, you know, ferns don't grow in the desert. So 
if it's not working, let's look at the environment you are with your team, with your, you yeah. know, your vendor or whatever you're, whoever you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great. I, I, I really wanted this conversation to be an invitation for people to question their relationship to meetings. And I think, you know, there's, if they're willing to take a look at it, I think there's a lot here for them to be able to do that. I also wanted to mention, you know, we built a, a pretty scrappy tool uh, towards the, at the end of last year. We never really released it uh, for a few different reasons. Um, but I, I think it's worth mentioning here. I've, I've given it to a few of my clients and they've really appreciated it. Um, it's not going to make the difference. I want to be very clear right. there. It's a tool it, and it, it is only going to make the difference it, by the person whose hands yeah. it's in, right? Right or The teams whose hands it's in. But, you know, you can go to meetings.takenewground.com. We've outlined, we've basically created an outline for a request for a meeting. And that's the power of it. As we were talking about, you know, Dan, you said, why not make a bid for a meeting? Well, I think if you're if you're asking for people's time in a meeting, there's a bid to be made. There, you, yeah. you have a you need to make the case for it, and this is what really allows you to make that or, or guides you through making that case. And you know, the very first question on the form is, does this need to be a meeting? Yeah, and you have to you have to click yes or no. I was, I was gonna say like, could it be an email? Could it be a call? Could it be a text? yes? Yeah, that's right. And then it goes through all sorts of things about who should be there and why. What's their purpose? What should they prepare to bring? But I'll order to tell you this has been successful. That's like right. That. Yep, that's right. And then what happened post meeting? Right? What? What? Like you were talking about. Well, we'll see if it's a good meeting in a week or so. Yeah, what and, worked, uh, but didn't work. What's wanted and needed. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So those of you who are audacious enough to reconsider the role of meetings in your culture and on your team, this can be a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Any and last thoughts? And it's free. It's, it's free. free. You can't beat the price. Yeah. <laughs> the price is your uh, your attention uh, uh, and, and discomfort. Um, yeah, and some maybe. vulnerability. Yeah. Yep. Any last thoughts on this? No, thanks for bringing it up. We need, probably should do this about every six or nine months. It's great for oh. me. It got me thinking. Um, I know. Yeah. Because I, you know, I could be lazy there. I have been. Yep. Yep. I, I would just say, it, 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 if you're listening to this, you're probably a leader. If you're listening to this, you probably have a team that reports to you. Uh, I would assume there are plenty of complaints about the meetings that you run uh, and the meetings that are happening. Assume that for a second and assume that your lack of seeing and dealing with it is costing you time and money. Um, and then assume that it's worth it to go ask a simple question in the next week is to sit down with people as you're talking like, hey, how are we doing in meetings? Are there too many meetings? Are there too few meetings? Are there aspects of the meeting that's a waste of time? What do I need to see? You know, just have an audit if the on meetings how meetings were good, what would you get out of them? Right you on. Know, what would you, what, what keeps you from participating you yes. Know, from saying, speaking up and said, what are, I would assume, what are the unspoken conversations that are going on right now about meetings? And, 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 and only ask if you're willing to take action on it. Don't do it mm-hmm. to kind of look like a good boss. Do it because yeah. you actually give a shit. Yeah. Just, and yeah. only ask if you want to hear it. That's all. Right. If on. you don't want to, then yeah, don't yeah. ask. Waste don't your ask. time. Don't ask. It'll still undermine your credibility even more than right it on. already is with your mind. They're, then they're going to have a meeting about how much you suck. Yeah. Yeah. about how much you suck about meetings. 
Yeah, that's right. I would not think you are about me. Can you believe this guy? Thanks, Joan. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.